Welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast, where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8- and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is not a game. Uh, Surprise, it's part two of the Nintendo Power Awards. Well, folks, we said we were going to be going through the game SimCity this week, but due to inclement weather and the end of my robot season for my son's team, <laughs> things just uh, we weren't able to get through such a long and, and varied game. So instead, this week, we bring you another installment of our Nintendo Power Awards review, and we're going to go through each year, as we did before, covering each category, talking about the various nominees, and telling you the winners and our thoughts on each. Yes. Now, the 1990 Nintendo Power Awards uh, were published in May of 1991, and that was volume 24 of Nintendo Power. A fine volume it was. And to note, this will be the first Nintendo Power Awards to cover the Game Boy as well. That's right, yeah, spreading it out a little bit. So let's jump right into it with our first category, Best. Oh, and guys, if you don't remember from the one before, since we use the classic Nintendo Power Review system across our reviews, these categories are going to seem pretty familiar. Oh, yeah. Starting with Best Graphics and Sound. And the nominees are Super Mario Bros. 3, Castlevania 3, Dracula's Curse, Batman, Mega Man 3, Gremlins 2, The New Batch, Super C, and Solstice. Ooh, a lot of strong nominees there. Very, very many. So this time we have the top three nominees for each category they rank them in the nintendo power and in third place is castlevania 3 dracula's curse in second place and second place is super mario brothers 3 and in first place mega man 3 that is a really tough category it is but man i really feel i think castlevania got uh, shafted here i think they should be the number one i would say it's closer to, to me between mario 3 and castlevania 3 yeah, I mean, the thing with Mario 3 is it's like, it's not nearly as detailed as all the, you know, or even Batman, they have some really detailed, like, backgrounds and character sprites, you know? That's true, like, that's true, but the music is out of the park in Mario 3. Yeah, yeah, I guess, you know, I don't, I don't know, man, they, Castlevania 3 and Batman, both, you know, they're all really good. They are, but, you know, I will have to say, in the end, I would also go with Castlevania 3, because, you know, it's one of my favorite games, but also, that music is just so memorable, like, it will be in my mind forever. Definitely, yeah. I mean, and I've always kind of thought of it as the NES game with the best graphics. Yeah, it's very much in the top three for me, if not at the very pinnacle. I mean, the clock tower alone is permanently etched in my mind, along (laughs) with the stained glass windows of some of those places. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty intense. So I think we're both in agreement then that we really feel like it should have been Castlevania 3. That's right. Nintendo Power slipping up. Well, the next category for this year was Best Theme and Fun. That's right, and the nominees are Dragon Warrior 2, Kickle Cubicle, huh. Maniac Mansion, All right. Mega Man 3, Ninja Gaiden 2, Chippendales Rescue Rangers, and Super Mario Bros. 3. So in third place, we have Dragon Warrior 2, which I can't really speak to. Yeah, um, I actually played through it pretty recently, and uh, you know it's pretty good. Um, 
I don't know if it belongs up this far, though. <laughs> gotcha. And then in second place, we have Mega Man 3. Which is very fun. So. Yeah. And theming-wise, I mean, ah, it's hard to beat that because it's got so many awesome and varied levels. Sure, sure. But number one, I think, does beat it and deserve the spot, which is Super Mario Brothers 3. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a great game that's arguably the pinnacle of the system, so uh, it's super fun. Uh, and, see. you know, introducing all those distinct worlds... You know, we've had worlds before in the era of the Mario games, but now that you have Giant Land and the whole Ice Kingdom and places like that that are distinctly separate. Yeah, very, incredibly varied. And it had so much replay value that, you know, the fun levels are through the roof. I spent the entire summer just playing that one game. Sure, yeah. And our following category is Best Challenge. And the nominees are Solar Jetman, Mission Impossible. <laughs> yeah, S- Snake's Revenge, Crystalis, Castlevania Three, Dracula's Curse, Battle of Olympus, and Solstice. This is a yes, and our this is a weird category because uh, challenge alone is is a weird thing to have. Because yeah, we we that... kind of talked about this before, whether it's like the winner should be the one with the most appropriate challenge or just the hardest. And... Yeah, and I think you know personally, I feel like it's the most appropriate challenge, but you know. Yeah, it's hard to tell what they were getting at here, but I can tell you that the third place nominee was Battle of Olympus. All right. Which is a very tough game, so <laughs> I can see its place here. Number two is Crystalis. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know. It's tough in its way, but right. I don't know. Um, and number one, and I think probably deservedly so, is Castlevania Three: Dracula's Curse. Yeah, I agree because um, I almost want to say that Mission Impossible would be number one, but that's if we're just going for a straight hardness. Yeah, well, I mean, Solar Jetman is really hard too. It like, is. <laughs> now, our experience with uh, Mission Impossible was when we were uh, a little under the influence. That's true. It's so a- <laughs> it was much harder when we first tried to play that game together. But Castlevania Three is very challenging and. It is beatable, though, and depending on who you choose to join your party, it does you know make the game easier or harder, I think. Sure, yeah. I mean, there's some super tough boss fights in it, that's for certain. At least the last time I was playing through, I got to about the Grim Reaper level, and ugh, yeah, not easy. But, you know, since you can change the level, there are ways to make that game very hard. Uh, going through with Selfa or whatever, I think, is probably the mm-hmm. hardest way. Yeah, uh, well. Or I- no, no side character at all. And yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, a special shout out too to Solstice. I've only barely played it, but I know that it's more of a you know mazy adventure game. But the the dungeons are huge, so it's so easy to get lost in that game that I can see where it'd be very difficult. Yeah, that is a big blind spot in my radar. I, I've never played that one, but luckily I've played a lot of games in the next category, and that is best play control. All right, and the nominees are. Batman, Little Nemo, the Dream Master, Mega Man 3, Ninja Gaiden 2, Super C, Super Mario Brothers 3, and Solar Jetman. All right. Now, this category is a little all over the place because I don't even know if I would put some of these (laughs) in this category. I I made a noise there for Little Nemo, and while I love that game, I've never thought of it as, like, the best controlling game. No, no, it's not not that tight, you know. Um, And same with Batman to a degree. While... He does have very specific moves that are fun to do. It's not like he is easy to control. No, well, his jumping is good. The, the right. wall jump is good, but the rest, eh. 
I mean, normally I, I look to Ninja Gaiden usually has some pretty precise, you know, if limited controls. But sadly, it was not in the top three. What? Because in third place, we have Super C. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can see that. Very tight controls. Yeah, yeah. And second place, we have Mega Man 3. Again, very tight, but I would have put Super C above that, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I could see that. Just yeah. for the tightness of the twitch and quick response. Definitely, yeah. And then, of course, the winner is Super Mario Brothers 3, which does have amazing, amazing play control. Yeah, I, I'm hard-pressed to think of a NES game with... I guess better control. I don't know. It's definitely from this list. I think it takes it, you know. Well, and you have so many different things you can do with all of the suits involved. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the only time that they are harder to control is because that is a limitation that was purposely placed on that suit. Right, right. Otherwise, I mean, everything moves and controls like a dream. This is one of those games that you can do whatever you want once you've really gotten the controls down. Yeah, they cram a lot into those two buttons. And our next category is a slight change or variation on a previous one, or one from a previous show. Uh, We used to have Best Character, and now they've been upgraded to Best Hero. And there are a lot of heroes in this list. (laughs) It's a loaded category. Yes. We have Blobbert from A Boy and His Blob. Chip and Dale from Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers. Mega Man from Mega Man 3. Donatello. From Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game. Gizmo from Gremlins 2, the new batch. Lolo from The Adventures of Lolo Part 2. Mario from Super Mario Bros. 3. Kickle from Kickle Cubicle. And Ryu Hayabusa from Ninja Gaiden 2, the Dark Sword of Chaos. Again, we said that it's a very large list, and I agree with our statements from last show on this same subject, where I do not feel like licensed characters should be included. Yeah, and, you know, it's kind of interesting. Um, You know, Chip and Dale are actually two characters. Why do they get a whole slot? Right. Mm. And if they do, why are the Turtles only uh, represented by Donatello? Especially in this game where they're all functionally identical, except for colors, pretty much. Right. Hmm. I don't know. But the winners, Nick? Well, in number three, for some reason, is Donatello. Everyone loves the man who does machines. Yeah, well, I mean, nothing against Donatello as a character, but uh, he was clearly the best in the first game. Right, but he was not the favorite, fan favorite, by far. No, no. I barely knew anyone that was, oh, I love Donatello. No, it was was Michelangelo's number one, and then maybe Raphael. Yeah, and then maybe Leonardo. Because swords. Swords, yeah. (laughs) But Donatello was not as cool as number two. Which is Mario from Super Mario Brothers 3. Kind of surprising that he's not number one. Yeah, um, but number one is Mega Man from Mega Man 3. The Blue Bomber himself. Which, you know, I, I can I can see. I, I never, I love Mario games. Right. I never really thought Mario. I, wasn't, I didn't pretend to be Mario at recess. Or right, anything. and, you know, it wasn't ever the story of Mario that I was interested in. Right, right. Or his family or friends. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I always liked Luigi more than Mario, personally. <laughs> But Mega Man is a really cool character. He's super fun. You know, it's cool to pretend to have the powers. Yeah, and you get all the powers. You know? It's a classic design that just holds forever. I mean, my son, who is, you know, just becoming a teenager, he still loves Mega Man. Well, yeah, it is an awesome is an awesome character with awesome powers. And I although I do think, you know, in addition to with number three Donatello, if you're gonna pick a ninja, it would it should have been Ryu Hayabusa. Yeah, Come okay. on, he's he's a badass. And good news for all the Mega Man fans out there that think he is the best hero. 
uh, there is a new line of action figures released from Funko that you can find at your local GameStop. Oh, well. All right. Stimulate that economy, peeps. And now the flip side to our last category, and I guess the reason why we no longer have best character, <laughs> is that we now have a category f- for best bad guy alone. And the nominees are Ashtar from Ninja Gaiden 2, mm. the Koopalings from Super Mario Brothers 3, All right. Chaos from Final Fantasy. Okay. Dr. Fred and Edna from Maniac Mansion. Okay. Dr. Wily from Mega Man 3. Dracula from Castlevania 3. The Gremlins. All of them? Yeah, the Gremlins from Gremlins 2, the new batch. It should have been the Spider Gremlin. Yeah, for real, man. That's everybody's favorite. (laughs) It is. Gremlins 2, Gremlin. Hardcore. Yeah, for sure. If you say Electric Gremlin, you are wrong. I, I mean, he's got his moments, but... And then the Joker from Batman. Mm-hmm. The Metal Slime from Dragon Warrior 2. Oh, that's good. I like that choice. And last but not least, the Shredder from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game. And this is a really weird category because it is all over the place. And I've, we've said something like that before, but man, these guys are from games that have nothing in common in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> we have the Metal Slime. We have chaos in the world of RPGs. Yeah. Interestingly, the final boss and a normal enemy. We have, well, not normal, but we have the Gremlins and Shredder. I mean, it's kind of like everywhere. Uh, personally, I would go with the Koopalings. Really? Yeah. I just love the, their designs and the fact that they're all named after really weird, non-kid-friendly musicians. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I As much as I think Ashtar looks cool, he's just kind of there. And... Right. I definitely put Wily up there, too, but, you mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. Uh, end of three, is that the one where he turns into the alien? That's two, I think. Ah, yeah. That's the best ending with Wiley. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember three's ending. <laughs> I bet he has like a ship he's in. That's <laughs> a and you solid bet, yeah. <laughs> in the skull-shaped fortress. Yeah, yeah, probably. Well, in third place, we have the Koopalings from Super Mario Brothers 3. Sure, sure. And second place is Dr. Wiley. So obviously, you know, my opinions were close to right. <laughs> but the rest of the young adult population, they voted for Shredder from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game to be their number one choice for best bad guy. Shredder is pretty cool. Uh, he is, but I just don't like choosing someone that's not straight from a video game. Oh, right, right. Yeah, well, it's In this true. game, though, he is cool. He's yeah. got a sword. Yeah, he's better than he was in the first one. So Definitely. I'll, I'll give, him, give him props for that. Now we have another new category, Nick, and that is most innovative. And in this category, we have... Maniac Mansion. Which, I'll tell you right now, I remember voting for this in this category. Yeah, because, you know, I think we should point out why these things are innovative. Uh, Maniac Mansion was, I think, the very first scum game on the Nintendo. The first one I remember playing for for certain. And what that is, is a point-and-click adventure made by LucasArts. Yeah, yeah. You know, along the lines of, you know, I think King's Quest had been out maybe, you know, before mm-hmm. this. on the On the PC, however. And this was pretty faithful to the PC version of the game, uh, but it had that same interface, which was pretty cool and, you know, different for the NES at the time. Sure, yeah. Then we had Big Birds Hide and Speak. I have no experience with this one. Nor do I. I'm guessing it's got some horribly digitized sound clips. I I don't know. I, I will say that for a moment, my younger brother did have Burton Ernie's, I, I think that's, or Sesame Street, ABC123. That's what. Well, All right. There was some, like math and spelling games on it yeah my brother had like um a fisher price fire truck game that also may have been spelling related okay yeah so educational you know edutainment was happening out there yeah and if we're not too lazy and we have time we may even put in some sound effects of this speaking 
right now. Oh. How many words can you make before the sun goes down? I don't think that's a word. Uh, then we have Shadowgate. Yeah. The this... RPG. Yeah, I, kind of. It's a, it's weird. Yeah, kind of. It's a first-person dungeon-crawling style adventure. Yeah, yeah. There, there's no, like, combat in it. It's from the, I think they're called Mac Venture. There was a, a series of games that were for the Mac and then later ported to the NES. Yeah. And I enjoyed all of them, so maybe one day you'll get to hear those on Cartridge Command. All right, next up, nominee, we have the Power Glove and Super Glove Ball. I never, I, I had the Power Glove, so I played it a little bit, I'm sure, but... Well, but Super Glove Ball was the killer app. It was the only game that was really designed from the ground up for the peripheral, correct? I believe so, yeah, but I was not into it, man. I, I The fact that I have no, almost no memories even, I think it speaks volumes for how meh this game was. And then finally we have the Miracle Keyboard Teaching System, which was a giant keyboard that plugged into your Nintendo. I'm assuming it teaches you how to play. I never experimented with this because I imagine it was massively expensive. It right? was. I was, you know, vaguely interested in it. I thought, hey, I like Nintendo. Maybe this will be a way I could learn how to play music. But I saw the price and no, no thank you. <laughs> well, it was just one of those ways to, like, sell Nintendo as a concept to adults. You're like, it can teach you things. It's not just video games. No, you're learning, growing as a person. So, Nick, what were the top three then, and our winner? All right, in third place, coming in strong, Maniac Mansion. All right. Uh, number two is the Miracle Piano Teaching System. Okay. And number one is Shadowgate. Interesting. Yeah, Um, it's interesting here that two of these three are both just... PC games? Yeah, they're ports. <laughs> right. So, you know, I guess it was innovative for the for the NES. Yeah, I guess it was. But I enjoy both of them, so I was happy with that. With the results... Our next category was Best Simultaneous Multiplayer Game. Yes, and the nominees start with Dr. Mario, mm -hmm. Gauntlet 2, okay. Little League Baseball, NES Play Action Football, Spot the Video Game. I didn't even realize that was two players. Uh, this is... Yeah, that's because it's not the good spot game. It's the Othello ripoff. Oh, uh, oh gotcha. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I rented that one uh, by mistake. Same here, yeah. I even owned Othello, so it was like a double curse. <laughs> like, where I, was like, I already have this game. <laughs> and also Super Spike V-Ball and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game. Now, I have not played any of the sports games on this list. I have not either. <laughs> but the other ones are all pretty good two-player games, so it, it's kind of hard to say. Sure, yeah, yeah. I would almost go personally with Dr. Mario just because it is a, a timeless I would agree. But. I just beat my son in it a day ago, so. <laughs> Crush him. And in third place is that game itself, Dr. Mario. Mm. Uh, above it, in second place, was the NES Play Action Football, which, you know, I never hear referenced, ever. I guess maybe in a, a pre-Tecmo Bowl world, I it guess. was, you know, because I, I believe that's one of the games with fake players, right? And Yeah. You know, okay. And then finally at number one is, of course, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game. They get the franchise push, but it was the home version of the two-player game we had wanted for over a year. So, And what most people wanted when they got the original <laughs> right, Nintendo right. Turtles game. The bait and switch. And then going right into the home stretch, we have our best overall games. And let's start with the Game Boy. All right. And the nominees in this category are Super Mario Land, Dr. Mario, Gargoyle's Quest, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Fall of the Foot Clan, NES Play Action Football, Quicks, 
Final Fantasy Legend, Castlevania The Adventure, Gargoyles Quest, Golf, and Korth. A lot of cues in this list. Yeah, mixing it up. Wow. So, who nominated that Castlevania game? Shame on them. Yeah, I agree. Corporate and, shills, that's who. Well, Kix is not bad. It is not on the level of, of, of some of these other games, for sure. Um, you know, Gargoyles Quest is going to be one of those ones we definitely have to get into here sooner than later. Yeah, it's been on, you know, because that's a franchise of its own that has been on my list for years that I really have barely even touched. And I want to because I've always heard good things. Yeah. And uh, Golf is Golf. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Final Fantasy Legend is its own weird beast. Which I love, but it's, uh, it, you know, that's the first game from the Saga series by Akatoshi Kawazu, who I'm a bit of a fan of because of his weirdo designs. So and this, this game is weird, but it's a lot of fun. So, you know, if you haven't played it, check it out. But as far as the winners are concerned, Nick, in third place? In third place is Final Fantasy Legend. All so right. I can see that. Um, number two is Super Mario Land. Wow. So you know that number one's got to have some chops, and it is. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Fall of the Foot Clan. I think I would have swapped those two, just because I find TMNT just to be a little easier. It, well, and it's so brief. Like, Well, I mean, uh, Super Mario Land is pretty brief as well. Yeah, it's true. It's uh, just there's a lot more varied things going on in it. Well, yeah, the gameplay for Fall of the Foot Clan is so straightforward. and. Oh, yeah. Almost monotonous at times. It's not bad. We have a review of it if you want to check it out. Indeed. For our real thoughts. And then our final category for this year of 1990, we have the best overall NES game. And this list is, Nick. The list is Batman, Castlevania 3, Final Fantasy, Maniac Mansion, Mega Man 3, Play Action Football, Ninja Gaiden 2, Super C, Super Mario Brothers 3, and TMNT 2, the arcade game. Man, this is a, a rough category. Yeah, they've loaded it up, man. And, I mean, there's no way you're going to get all of your favorites into the top three. That's true, but I think they, they did a good job of nominating a lot of the big franchises and things that they knew For everyone's sure. going to look to anyway. So. And coming in at number three, we do have Mega Man 3. Which is, you know, it's a crowded category, and so it's a nomination to be third or... In second place, we have TMNT, the arcade game, which I think uh, doesn't deserve to be up here. But I, I agree. <laughs> it is. Uh, I think everyone was looking forward to it so much, it got a boost where it didn't really deserve one. Well, you know how you've been snubbed for an Oscar for so long and they just give you one finally right. because maybe that's this was an apology for the previous years. Yeah, everyone TMNT. was so burned by that first game that this one was like the second coming. We were all for it. <laughs> Nintendo Power making amends. And then in first place, of course, the winner of best overall NES game was Super Mario Brothers 3. Understandably so. It was amazing. As I said earlier, I played this game nonstop for an entire summer. I mean, it was the only thing that was in my, my NES, pretty much. Yeah, it's, it's a great game, and there's a ton of it to play. So, you know, clearly, it, will, it would take the cake here, as it should. And then just like a couple more things to note about this year's nominees... Uh, Mega Man 3 and Mario 3 both led the list of nominations with six each. Mm. Well, they're both big games, big franchises, understandable. Indeed. And then on the opposite end of that spectrum, there was a lot of uh, one nomination games. Most of those for the Game Boy, because it only had one category. But of mm. course, sadly, the Power Glove was the other one. And mm. it deserved to, to only be in there for that weird factor. That was just a... Come on, this is just a commercial for that Power Glove. That's what it was. So the big winner of the night was, of course, Super Mario Bros. 3 with three awards. 
And then we had Mega Man 3 and uh, TMNT, the arcade game, each going away with two awards at the top. Nice. Next week's game will be more Nintendo Power Awards. The award season's here, Cartridge Commandos. So find a copy of that Nintendo Power and read along. And remember, if you take issue with any of the winners or losers of any of these things, let us know at cartridgecommand at gmail.com, and we will tabulate your votes as soon as possible. Of course, we love to hear from you on Facebook as well, at Cartridge Command, and we let you know when new shows drop on the Twitterverse at Cart Command. But if you want to, you can subscribe to the show, and that won't matter at all, because we are available on everything that makes podcasts play into your ears. We are everywhere. Please share the show with a friend, tell them how much you like it, and uh, hopefully we can get some more people listening, because the more people that listen, the wider our grins grow. That's right. The more, the merrier. Literally. But of course, it is those fine and wonderful folks that give to us at patreon.com slash cartridge command that make this show possible. Uh, we've gotten a few more $1 contributions in the last month, and I'm not going to lie, I really love those. It shows that, <laughs> you know, you may not have the most money to give, but you definitely care about the show, and, you know, that just is great. We don't really make any money off the show, but we do use every penny we get to make this show happen. So as long as you guys keep giving us money, we'll keep making the show. So thank you guys and gals so very much. Yes, thank you all. And as always, Cartridge Commandos, Game On! Music, 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 music. Dun, 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 dun.